welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And Austin is finally back on another episode of Canton Bound. But, of course, he can't do that without the college football love. Wearing that uh, that home field apparel shirt, that that H2P. It's what I wear when I work from home at least three days a week. And during the winter, it's pretty much every day. Either it's sweatshirt or sweatpants or t-shirt. But, yeah, that's, they're comfy. I like them. Yeah. I like them too. Although I do have to say, you know, I don't really appreciate you calling out my uh, my purchase in the company Slack. I was right though. It was the most it was the most predictable. <laughs> so we can't see like you know who bought bought it or like any of that kind of stuff. But if we can like look and see every time someone uses our code, what like the purchase was, and there was one that was a Penn State like nineteen something 86. championship or something like that. And then there was a, a UCLA <laughs> basketball one. I was like, oh, that's Colin. Like I know he used that code. <laughs> That wasn't even difficult to figure that one out because Colin, as I said in the chat, is the only person. And look, I am a little judgy about most things in life. A little. My wife says a lot, but what the hell does she know? And <laughs> she's around. I got to be careful. And <laughs> you are the, you are one of those people that roots for a different team in a different town. And like none of them except for Penn State are remotely close to you at all. Yes. And it just boggles my mind your your rooting interests atlanta falcons mm -hmm. ucla basketball penn state mm -hmm. football mm -hmm. uh st louis blues mm -hmm. um you always forget this one there's a florida team miami heat yeah you root for the heat which is what yeah. you're a heat you're a heatles guy is that the story behind heatles. that or were you like originally a Dwayne wade and, oh uh, i was a big uh, d wade Shaq. guy yeah d wade and Shaq, alonzo morning um I loved Eddie House on that team too. Eddie House is one of my low-key favorite players of all time. <laughs> you just like the the big blank dance. Yes. Yeah. The the dance that Pedro Serrano does in uh Major League, I think it's the second one, Major League Two. I don't know if I've ever uh, seen yeah. Major League Two. Oh, it's a good one. I mean it's it's entertaining. It's basically the same movie as the first one. Look, I've, I've watched enough movies and TV with you and your brother and whatever else to know that like the most passably entertaining thing will keep you guys captivated for hours and hours at a time. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you saying the movie is entertaining scares me slightly. <laughs> like you have to rave about it for me to be like, OK, like maybe this will be worth watching. I've watched some just totally crap things with you and your brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I have a low bar, you know, as far as entertaining goes. But yeah, if, if I rave that a movie is like really good, then, you know, it's, it's usually really good. Like, I think best movie I've seen in, in a while has been Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you Which, seen that one? I haven't. And that shocks me that you saw that. Oh. Seems a little oh, highbrow for you. Oh, that's a really good one. I can get highbrow sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to dive into the whole dissection of this, but I really like the way that they did that movie. So, I, it's on the list to watch eventually. I just yeah. haven't, haven't done it. Yeah, highly recommend. Okay. Can I can I rave about it or are you going to go watch it now like right away? Well, I'm not going to watch it now because as we've discussed multiple times recently, you make me do this show so late that I'm going to bed. I'm not going to watch hey, a 2 hour movie, but I offered. I offered an earlier time this time. I'm actually really glad you didn't take it cuz uh, work has been insane this week trying to catch up with everything that I was missed while I was out. 
um plus my one coworker's out too so everything's falling on me so like i've been working till like 5 30 every day not 5 30 gasp what's well, an hour past when i'm supposed to be done oh no <laughs> and i've only been taking like 15 minute lunches too instead of where i usually take like an hour i I, I'm not there to give you a hug. I don't know what else you want from me right now. I don't know. My boss doesn't listen. It's fine. Becca? Marriage is already going sour? Oh, well, no. She doesn't listen either. Okay. okay. I'm at my boss at work. But all right. <laughs> enough enough chit-chat before Felix yells at us for just yeah. BSing for almost five minutes. Um, Canton Bound, going to talk a little bit about aging vets. What we're going to do with them this time of year. Uh, but before we get into that, check out campusdecanton.com, our parent website. We got a lot of stuff going on over there here this offseason. Pre-orders for the CFF guide are now live. Go ahead, go over there, pre-order the CFF guide for $20. The guide will be in your inbox on July 1st as soon as it is released. Felix has said this is his favorite of the guides that we release. Um, it's a it's, good guide. It is a very good guide. It is probably the one that I refer back to the most often. Um, I don't play favorites. These guides are like my children. Um, we don't have favorites, but it is the one that I refer to the most often. I, I actually uh, agree with that. And it's because as we state all the time on the show, we are not CFF experts. Right. When we, we, we are never giving pure CFF advice on this show ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever. So, um, yeah, it is definitely one of the ones that I need to read the most, uh, because a, I didn't write any of it and B yeah. it's something that I am not as familiar with. So, yeah, exactly. Agreed. Um, uh, but the other two guides are also available too. still the Debbie guide, the freshman and supplemental draft guide, both of those still available. I know a lot of people have supplemental drafts kicking off. We're about to kick off the one in the C2C versus NIL league. Um, Devi drafts are kicking off. Uh, we have our one home Devi league that's going to be kicking off, I think, in like a week or so. That's, that's the one you commission. So, a uh, lot of drafts kicking off this time of year. Never a better time to go get one of the freshman or Devi guides. If you're an NIL member, we've been working through one on one meetings uh, that have been scheduled to break down your roster. Uh, Austin, even, is so dedicated that he missed our meeting tonight to meet with one of the NIL members and break down their rosters. Super nice guy too. Really, really enjoyed all, all of our NIL meetings have been fantastic so far. We've probably done 30 to 40 of them, at least at this point. And I haven't been on all of them, but I've been on a lot of them. And every person that we've talked to has just been super, super nice. You guys are great. If, if Austin's actually saying somebody's nice, like that's like a genuine compliment. Plus like they're already members. So it's not like we're like trying to butter them up. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, I, I think every, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sh in the discord. I, I text sh like short form. Like I don't really write a story for an answer in there. I so I feel like it do. can sound like I'm annoyed. And it, so it's nice to have like a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody and give like a real thought out answer because you can and not just. So that way people aren't sentences. always just assuming you're grumpy. Yes. Which is fair. It's kind of a default setting for me, but yeah. um, not, not in these cases. Uh, but we have a Google form in the Discord. If you have not signed up for your NIL roster breakdown, uh, check that out. 
let us know. If you're not in the Discord, you definitely want to get in there as drafts and leagues are gearing up too. We're always available for questions in there. Even though Austin only gives short form answers, I will write an essay if you ask. Uh, we have an amazing community in there. there as well. Yeah, there's like 400 people in there. You're yeah. going to get an answer to your question from somebody. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, most importantly, we talked about the home field apparel at the beginning. Uh, we have the partnership with them uh, where you can get use promo code campus to Canton, the number two, uh, for 15% off of your order. I just made a purchase. Austin said he's saving up to purchase like 10 things at one time to really take advantage of that. Definitely well, feel free to take advantage. I'm of just going to create like a bajillion emails too. I'm, I'm going to have like 80 email addresses by this time next year. Cause every time I want to use the code, I'm just going to make a new email. That's fact of the matter. C2C home field one. C2C yep. home field two. Yep. <laughs> nice. Uh, but if you do use the promo code, you will be entered into a chance to win all three of our draft guides. Uh, if you're an NIL member and you already have all three of those draft guides, we'll enter you to win a signed jersey. We do not have that in hand yet, but uh, we are working on that as we speak. And we'll be running some other promotions around our home field partnership as well. We want to show them that you know we're a perfect partner for them. And I, I truly think we are. So be sure to use that promo code campus to Canton over on home field apparel into the actual show almost 10 minutes in here got a couple of nfl related news items to start with the first one being the big news of the day dalvin cook officially released by the vikings what's cook's future here is this is this kind of the end of him as an rb1 for fantasy purposes or do you think he's still got a little bit left in the tank um uh, it's, it's first off it's really nice when these guys decide to do um big things make news on thursdays when we record the show so thank you to the vikings yeah. and dalvin cook for uh tossing us that bonus it's not like yeah. it happens on friday morning and then we got to wait a week to talk about it um yeah. I, I i don't want to say he has no juice left but i definitely think he's slowing down uh, I mean, I think this has kind of been beaten to death all over social media and ESPN and all these things. I mean, he definitely was less effective last year. I think it's tough to argue that. Uh, you can also say that with that with the, while acknowledging that the the offensive line wasn't very good. Um, I do think the actual more interesting thing from this isn't even the running game. Like, I just think this signals that they're going to pass the ball a lot more. So I actually think if I have Kirk Cousins, I mean, Justin Jefferson's value can't yeah any more than it already has but a uh, cousins Jordan and addison, addison and yeah. even hawkinson i think their value all see uh, should all see a little bit of a, a spike uh because of of this news because i mean they have madison and i think he will he will be the starter and then we had somebody asking our discord today who do you like behind him and i really just think ty chandler and Dwayne mcbride are both half a back so if something were to happen to madison i think they both kind of just get rotated i don't know that either guy becomes the guy there so i think those are kind of general notes on the fallout but I, i'm i'm most interested in at least immediately in terms of things that we can now project the passing game there at the vikings getting a little bit of a bump yeah yeah i, I think that's a good take i would agree with that i think that the passing game is going to be um, featured a little bit more i also think their defense isn't as good as it used to be either so you know this could be a pretty productive passing game for them uh, I know you mentioned Cook's kind of waning productiveness last year. I think 
the biggest thing with Cook is he had some of those injuries. And then he also, after the loss, well, not the loss, after Stefanski is no longer there and he went over to Cleveland, like I just think that rushing game in general took a step back just because Stefanski's such a good rushing game coordinator. Um, so it's hard to be as as efficient as he was before. I think he still has a little bit left in the tank, probably an RB2. I think it'll depend on where he goes. I'm just, I'm actually sitting here kind of praying that he ends up in like, uh, you know, somewhere that's actually like relevant, uh, maybe like a, an Arizona go pair with Connor. Um, wait, really? That's where you hope he goes was the first place off the top of my head. I mean, I think he's going to go to a contender, right? I mean, I don't know. Depends on what he wants to do. Does he want a ring? Does he want the bag one last time? I don't know. I'll be, I don't know that anyone's going to want to pay him the bag. I don't know. I mean, you never know. Some team might, but I think this is more of a uh, goes to split carries with Pacheco at Kansas City or uh, everybody will go nuts or um, I'm trying to think of another kind of I don't think he goes to the Bills. I know his brother's there, but I, I don't think he goes there. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people wanting him to go there. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's that's possible. I mean, I could see him. I could even see him going to like Cincy or Dallas or something. I could see Dallas wants to make, yeah, you know, just kind of because since he doesn't really have another guy there, they have Mixon and they have Chase Brown, who they just Travion drafted. Williams. Wrong Travion. <laughs> I, I'm not that excited about this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I think if you want, if you're looking for his fantasy value, I would probably want him in any of those places. I'd probably be looking more, you know, like I said Arizona, maybe Tampa Bay. Uh, maybe the Rams, you know, I think there's a couple of different places he could go to maintain some fantasy value. Yeah. I mean, I think some of those places will reach out. I'm just not sure from like, uh, I think he, I think the priority for him is probably going to be to win. If I had to guess, I mean, he, he had a pretty good rookie contract and then he made some pretty good money off the first couple of years there uh, on the second deal in Minnesota. So I don't know that he's looking for, like he's 27 years old. I don't know that one's going to give him a, you know, a three year, $36 million deal or whatever. Anyway, I think he might just have to take the, the one year, three and a half million deal with who, and that just made that number up, but you know, that, that kind of a deal. I don't, I don't think he'd get more than six this year or seven. Okay. Uh, other news that we have, um, and just, you know, just one last touch on, on Alexander Madison. I agree with you. I think he's going to be probably the lead guy there. I don't think he's going to get the same workload cook did. He's probably more of an RB2 for me, I think, at this point. Um, I would probably use this time to sell him, though. I think people would be pretty high on him. Uh, but other news, Michael Thomas says he is going to be up to full speed on the first day of training camp. It's been a little while since Michael Thomas has really been relevant for fantasy purposes. Can he rebound? to have any sort of fantasy relevancy here if he's finally healthy? Maybe. I actually think that offense is sort of interesting for next year. Not that I really know outside of Alave where the, the interesting portion is going to come from. But I think he could be okay. I mean, I don't think he's going to be bad. Yeah, it's just I mean, so he gets hard. an upgraded I mean, quarterback to Carr from last year. Is it an upgrade? I think so. Upgrade over Jameis? 
Is it? Is it? For fantasy, uh, I'd rather have Jameis personally. Yeah, yeah, for fantasy, probably Jameis because he'll he'll sling it. But I think Carr is a better NFL quarterback. And I think Carr does what Carr's skill set and Michael Thomas's skill set complement each other better than Jameis and Michael Thomas's. Maybe I I don't. I kind of have always had a soft spot for Jameis. Not that I think he's like a good dude or something, but <laughs> um, so that's not where I'm going with this comment. Um, but I I've always kind of had a soft spot for him as an NFL guy. I think he's been unfairly uh, I, I don't know what the right word is but he, he's i don't know that he's ever really gotten a completely fair shake in his career um so i kind of like Jameis. i don't i don't know okay. that, i don't know that Derek carr there is better for michael thomas at all actually hmm. uh okay so i well, it, and i don't know that he can even make it through a full season anymore but i do think that depending on value in like a redraft or something I, i'd be all about taking him sure why not yeah, if you're uh, if you're a contender and on the NFL side of your campus to camp league, or in a dynasty league, uh, are you you know maybe taking advantage of you know the the rookie fever and rookie drafts going on right now and shipping off like a late second, early third for him? I don't know that I want to buy him right now. Maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I don't think he's a guy that I want to buy this time of year either. I don't know. Okay. But nah, that's, I, he's a guy that I don't know what to, anything what to do with. Like, I, I just don't okay. know. I, I know that's like not a good answer. And as I've said a few times on the show, I don't rank NFL anymore. So well, that's why I'm not asking you where he ranks for you. I don't. What would you trade in supplemental picks for him? Like I'm sitting here thinking about it, like, I don't even know if I would give up like a sixth or seventh round sub pick for him. I probably would. I think a sixth or seventh round sub pick at that point is looking at like a CFF only guy mostly. That could be valuable though if you if that guy wins <laughs> wins you money. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like I yeah, I, I, I think, I think no it would depend that Thomas can do that. Yeah, I think yeah. it would depend on the state of my roster on both yeah. sides. Like where if I'm com- better if I'm better positioned to compete on the NFL side than I am on the CFF side, then I would probably take that for Thomas, like a sixth seventh round. It's close. How bad is uh, it's like? I know this can't bound. I'm sorry. How bad does your college team have to be? And this isn't like a gotcha question. You just said this line, and it made me think about it. How bad does your college team have to be with how quickly in a sub draft you can typically kind of rebuild a roster for you to be like going into it and just saying, "I probably can't compete this year." Like it has to be a pretty bad team, right? Overall. Yeah, I, I think it would have to be a pretty bad team, or you know, you went the Debbie route more in the startup or something, or you took guys like Carson Steele, who was good for CFF and now his values declined a little bit. And um, maybe like a Dante Cephas, who I I still think has some CFF potential um, this year. I think he's going to lead the Penn state room, but it's not going to be what we thought it was going to be at Kent state. So if you have like a couple guys like that, you know, maybe your roster deteriorated pretty quick. Maybe you had Max Dugan and you weren't really expecting him to declare. And then he did, you know, I think it could, it could go off the rails pretty quick. I think I only have one roster that going into this offseason, I'm like, I don't know that I can compete in that league this year. And that's a league that I made a pretty big push in last year. And I graduate like a, just a ton of players. 
But other than that, I, I think you, I never really go into a sub draft with that mindset. But I don't just, typically either. Just me. Just... You just said that line to make me think about it. So yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I do think Michael Thomas can have some fantasy relevancy this year. I think he can be wide receiver three flex worthy play for you. Um, assuming he gets, he gets healthy. Cause I do think Carr complements his skill set pretty well, you know, slant boy. Uh, I think Carr is a, an accurate passer overall. He's not going to, you know, Jameis is definitely better slinging it deep. Um, so I, I think Thomas and Carr can complement each other pretty well. I still think Olave is going to be the main guy there. Um, but they're not going to have little dump off passes to Alvin Kamara this year, either, potentially, depending on what happens with his legal situation. And, you know, Kendry Miller, he can catch passes okay, but he's definitely not Kamara. James William or um, yeah, James Williams, Jamal Williams. Um, Jamal Williams is is kind of in the same boat where he can sort of catch passes, but I don't really want him doing too much. So I think there's going to be an opportunity short and over the middle of the field. So if Thomas can stay healthy, uh, I think he's a guy that I would be interested in. Slant boy. Uh, last NFL news, Ron Rivera was non-committal to Sam Howell as the starter. Which I think is a little bit surprising to me, given that they really have nobody else on that roster as, um, to start. They lost Carson Wentz is gone. Um, Taylor Heineke went to Atlanta. Like, there's not really anybody on that roster that I feel comfortable starting over Sam Howell. So that kind of surprises me. Um, does this not that we were ever really bullish on Sam Howell, but I was starting to think maybe he had a shot to take this job and be a long-term NFL starter, even if he's, you know, more in like the Baker Mayfield ish mold. Uh, does that kind of, you know, throw some cold water on that? I'm going to say no. And I've been really surprised that that has seemed to be the general consensus this week that, Oh no, Joe Jacoby Brissett is going to get this job. Look, I think we all know what Jacoby Brissett is at this point. He's the kind of guy that you're happy if he's your backup and he can come in and, and handle a couple of games if something happens, but he's not a long-term starter. So let's not try to give uh, Ron Rivera too much credit here because this guy, outside of that one season where he was Riverboat Ron, has been one of the more <laughs> conservative coaches in the NFL. But there is a, zero reason why if you're the commanders or whatever they're going to start calling themselves again here now, why you wouldn't roll Sam Howell out there just to see what you have, because you know what you have in Jacoby Brissett, and that's like an average football player. I know NFL teams don't, don't you know, these, these guys are all fighting for their jobs and, and whatever else. They're not actively tanking. But if you're there, there has to be a mandate from the front office there now with everything shifting that they have to see what Sam Howell is. And I think Sam Howell, if he's, if he's worse than Brissett, then you can go to Brissett in week six. And by then the season's probably already effed and you're fine. You can get a guy next year, and then if he's okay, then you're fine. I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm not worried at all about Brissett coming in and taking this job from him to start the season. I, I don't, and I still think Sam Howell has a lot to offer. Actually, I think he'll be, I think he can be a fine NFL quarterback. I mostly agree with you. Um, I, it's, it gives me the fact that he's like saying he's not committed to Howell um, does give me a little bit of pause. I agree with everything you said about Jacoby Brissett. He's not really a guy that you want starting for your team long-term. Um, and they should start with Howell, see what they have, and then 
you know, if, if he's not working out, you can always turn to Brissett. Exactly. Like you said, it just, it gives me a little bit of pause. I still am a believer in Sam Howell though, that, that he can be a starter in the NFL. I, like I said, I think he's probably going to be a little bit more in the um, Baker Mayfield mold, except, you know, obviously not necessarily bouncing from team to team to team, just in terms of that level of a starter, like a slightly below average NFL starter, probably closer to 20 than 15 or 10. Here's a name that I think I could honestly see his career going like this. And I know, I know Matt Schaub did not get his first start until he had been in the league a little bit longer, but I could see him burning really bright for a couple of years and then just disappearing and everyone like 10 years from now, he's like a fun bar answer to like a trivia question. We're like, do you remember Sam Howe? You're like Washington, right? Like, yeah, Oh, I do remember Sam Howe. (laughs) I think that's kind of what Matt Schaub has become for a lot of people. And I I think that we could see a very similar career out of Howe. I I really, really do. And maybe he has to get traded away to go somewhere else to do that. Cause that's what happened with Shaw. He was with, what the Falcons, right? And then they yeah. traded him to the mm-hmm. Texans, and then he had his you know three or four year run or whatever, and then he couldn't stop throwing interceptions. I could yeah. see a Sam Howell ish. I could see that kind of career for Sam Howell. Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me. Um, so it sounds like we're both still cautiously in on Sam Howell. But yeah. I think if people are are like uh, panic selling him right now, I would I would scoop him up in a heartbeat. But I don't know that anybody is. I don't play with a lot of stupid people, which is kind of the problem. I'm gonna Our take home league is probably the closest that we get. Yeah, um, there was a couple interesting picks in our dynasty star or in our uh, dynasty rookie dynasty home league rookie draft. It actually wasn't even that bad this year. I thought it was pretty chalky. There, there's one that's really standing out to me that was odd. But, I know what you're talking about. And Sam yeah. Laporta fell to me at the end of the second round, which I thought was a little surprising. But overall, I mean, I think it was fairly good. <sighs> I was trying to get back up in the second because there was some good value left. But sorry. Everyone was people. People were fighting over that pick. I got three text messages about it. Nope. All right. Well, this time of year is rookie drafts are over for the most part. Uh, freshman or rookie fever is fading a little bit but what are we doing with aging vets at this time of year at the quarterback position there's really only one aging vet like we've seen a uh a changing of the guard at the quarterback position you know gone are drew Brees and matt ryan and philip rivers and ben roethlisberger and tom brady those guys are all gone now and we have young players at the top players that seemingly have a long career ahead of them, like Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, all those guys are very young. Um, But there's one aging vet at the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers, who at this point, twilight of his career, gets a new start with the Jets in an interesting offense. What are you doing with Aaron Rodgers at this time of year? See a guy you want to buy, or are you kind of fading? Well, if I have a competing roster, no, I, I think that he's going to have at least I, – I think he'll be good this year in New York. I, uh, I'm i pretty all in on what he's going to do with Garrett Wilson. I If I could buy Garrett Wilson, I I, I probably can't <laughs> afford him, but I can't afford Aaron Rodgers because I think everybody's so worried that you only get one year out of him. And I think the pricing – mostly reflects that anyway so it's not 
generally like you're having to overpay for him unless a contender has him on your in your league. So I like him this year. I don't I don't think there's more than two years left in him. I don't I just don't think he has that much interest in football, but I could be surprised. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I would treat it as no more than a two year proposition, but I, I like him. I does he have quite the same years as he did, you know, MVP level type stuff? I think he'll be just short of that, but I think overall, I think he'll, you know, throw for over 4,000 yards this year. I think he hits over 30 touchdowns. I, I think he'll be pretty, a pretty typical Rodgers for most of the year. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think for the most part, he will be as well. I don't, I, I don't think we see quite the same rushing that we did, you know, before, but just, yeah, I think he can make up for that with his own, because I think Garrett Wilson is probably the best wide receiver that he's had in, you know, couple of years maybe five or so years um so he does get a little bit of an upgrade there you know they have a couple other mildly intriguing options um you know the Corey davis is still there they brought in Nicole hardman um there's a couple interesting guys so i think he has he has some weapons he could do he could do something as well i i agree with you i think for his the perception of him is down a little bit I think probably two years is the max. So, but we tend to operate in two year, two to three year windows anyway. So if you're a contender, I think this is the time to go, to go by him. Yeah. Uh, the, the running back position has a couple more names here. I have three down on the sheet. Uh, we'll start with the youngest of the group. Um, Joe Mixon. He's, he's not old. Um, I think he's about 20. I think he's 27. Um, 26, 27 at this point. He is 26, sir. But 20, he will be 27 okay. by the time the season rolls around. Okay. Well, I said 26, 27. So I was, yeah. I was close. Uh, so he's getting to towards the end of his career. He had some legal troubles, which, you know, sound it's quieted down a little bit. So maybe that has gone away. I don't know. Um, but what are you doing with Joe Mixon right now? I, I, I think Joe Mixon ends up being last year's Josh Jacobs. That's, Whoa. that's a flag that I'm going to plant today. Whoa. We got, they don't really have, Austin. they don't really have anything else there. They in the backfield, in the backfield, in the backfield. Yeah. I, I think the offensive line will be a little bit better this year. And I think that offense is just so prolific that it doesn't, like he'll get red zone opportunities. He'll without, I have to, I have to imagine that finally without small JP Ryan there, that he catches a few more passes this year. I, I think that there's a, a legitimate chance that he kind of is this year's Josh Jacobs with a guy like in redraft and stuff that is going way too late and then uh, ends up being really, really good. And obviously he's a couple years older than Jacobs. So um, it's not like you can buy the dip and then squeeze a couple more years out of him. You probably are only getting one or two more. But I, I really like Mixon this year. I think he's going to be excellent. I think I don't understand the people writing him off. I find it really weird as if like they learned nothing from Jacobs last year who was coming off a disappointing year. Um, and I just like guys that are attached to good offenses with thin depth charts. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of two plus two of the fantasy football world. And that's kind of the situation that Mixon is in right now. Am I, am I wrong on that? No, no, I think you're right. I the the big hang up for me is you know kind of like the legal troubles but as long as it seems like those are behind him uh which we haven't really heard much about it since then yeah i i agree i think he could have a fantastic year this year i don't know if he's gonna be this year's josh jacobs because josh jacobs i think finishes with the rb like 
four, three. Uh, he finishes like a top five RB last year. I don't know if Mixon quite gets there, but I think he'll be really valuable for your team, especially given the, his cost right now. I do think he is going too cheap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he's going to be an RB1 this year. He'll be a top 10 guy, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty all in. I only play in one redraft league. I'll probably scoop him slightly above ADP. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only in – I have two redraft leagues left. I have one with my friends that's been going on since like 2000 and nine is that the shaved head league yeah or if losers supposed to shave their head yeah which we haven't done that in like the past three years you guys are people are like i have jobs well (laughs) i have don't 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 enter a league that that's the punishment if you can't do that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying um and then the other one is just like a work league also a shit well then everyone there i think that one should also become a shaved head league because you're all like aware of you know, at least when you go into work and then 11 other guys can be like, oh, he lost. It's not just like you have to go into work and then explain cold to everybody in your office. Yeah. You what happened? Your fancy football league and you had to shave your head. Yeah. That's, there's a little more that's, of a. That's not uh, a bad idea. Yeah, I'll bring that up. The the VP of our uh, uh, of our company is, is the one who runs it. So does I'll he have a full head too. of hair? He does. Yeah. Is yeah. he good at fantasy football? Uh, He's OK. He's OK. Oh, OK. He no. doesn't listen, so I'm not worried about it. No, I mean, maybe there's a chance that he that he loses and you get the. You know, oh, there's play. definitely a chance that he loses. Yeah, oh. yeah. Interesting. You know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, Colin. You should you should propose That's that. That's true. Uh, he and I he and I have a good relationship. He, he he gives me shit all the time. I give him some shit now and then, you know. So, uh, maybe he'll propose that. Um, next running back on the list is Derrick Henry, the unicorn. I know that's Martellus Bennett, but still. Um, Derrick Henry, everybody's been saying he's going to hit the age cliff, the touches cliff. He's had he's had too many carries. He's going to break down. He's been saying it for like two years. Is this finally the year, or what are you doing with Derrick Henry? Uh, I don't have any more Derrick Henry. I, I've sold him all off a long time ago. So from a personal standpoint, I can't comment too much on it. Look, I know this is basically the tom brady like eventually if we just say that he has to drop (laughs) off enough times then he will but this is a guy that carried the ball 350 times last year i just can't he he can't keep having these seasons where he's touching the ball that many times like he is now that's not even it wasn't even the, the most carries that he's had in his career he actually had 378 carries in 2020 now i do think it's notable that he had that season, and then the next season was the one that he got injured. So I'm just wondering, you know, almost 400 touches, well, 400, almost 400 carries. I think he went over 400 touches in terms of receiving, um, and then gets injured, and then last season basically does the same exact thing. I am a little hesitant. I think this could be another year where just the amount of touches gets him injured again. So I, I am not interested in Derrick Henry at all. I don't know how far he'd have to fall in a startup for me to be interested, but it's pretty far, I think. Yeah. He was a guy that fell too far in a startup that I was in last year. I think I ended up getting him in like the fifth round of a startup. And I, at that point I pulled the trigger. I would probably still pull the trigger in like the fifth, sixth round of a startup. Um, if he fell that far, but 
because I don't know. I just I, I don't want to bet against him. You know, I bet against him like two or three times, and it just it bites bites in the butt. Um, so I'm going to treat him like Tom Brady. And, you know, when we see him decline, that's, that's when it happens. And I'm just going to say, thank you for, thank you for your years of service and ride off into the sunset. So I would still, if you can get him cheaply, I would still buy him. Last running back on the list. I mean, I, how 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 cheap how cheaply like what like realistically like let's put this into college value that you would give up for him um well last so last year i had him on a team that i was no longer contending on on the nfl side i traded him for a first round supplemental startup um that startup ended up being i think the second pick so i would take that hold on hold on hold on because you said a supplemental startup or a supplemental pick Okay, thank you. Not a start. Sorry, a first round supplemental pick it ended up being like the one of two. So you gotta be so, pretty happy about that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in terms of supplemental picks, I think I would still want a first rounder for him. I if it's gonna be like a top fourteen pick, I think that's what I would want because we we talked about it on campus life. That's kind of where the cutoff is this year. I think like there's a top group of like fourteen, so I want one of those. If you're looking at like Devi players, um, I would want somebody that I feel pretty good about. And that list is actually a little bit thinner this year than it has been in past years. Um, I would probably want somebody down into like, I want to say Donovan Edwards, but like, I don't know if that's something that would actually get done because I'm not really convinced that Donovan Edwards can run between the tackles yet. We haven't really seen that. He's a great pass catcher. But I would probably do it for like a Donovan Edwards player. But I don't know if they would do it the other way. Yeah, it's a tough, that's a tough that those are always kind of a tough sell. Like it really just depends on the the other person you're trying to acquire. Yeah. Yeah. What would you what would you look for for him? I think you're a little bit lower on Henry. Would you I, I, I think I would just take a sub pick, an early sub pick for him at this point. Um, because I don't think he's like he's not in for me, for dynasty purposes, he's no longer in the stud category. I don't think his ADP yeah. would that would, you know, cause me to put him in that type of bucket. So um I would I would um yeah, if I can get a, a first or very early re- second round supplemental, that's what I'd want for him. I think I think people are more willing to do that. There's no uh, name or face to that pick. So, yeah, I, I do think it's easier to do that with supplemental picks because, like we've mentioned on um, Campus Life again before, I, I don't think people are necessarily valuing those correctly quite yet, at least mm-hmm. some of the early ones. Um, last running back to talk about Austin Eckler. He is sticking around in LA for the Chargers for one more year. Had a phenomenal year last year. Very good year the year before that as well. Uh, I, I think he's probably on pace to be a top five running back again this year, uh, health barring. But what are you doing with Austin Eckler this year? Eckler is such a tricky one because it always seems like that offense wants to rely on him less. 
and then everybody else gets hurt and then they just have to rely on him. Like, it seems like that's what happened the past two seasons, essentially. <laughs> um, like they've, they've continued to kind of draft like early day three grinder backs to maybe like platoon. And then they, they've, they've usually got two or three really good wide receivers, but one of them is always injured at least. And the, the grinder backs never end up actually being any good. And the, the tight ends have kind of been revolving door. So it just always happens that no matter what Eckler gets pushed to the front, but he's not the kind of guy that I want to buy in the offseason at all for that reason. Like, it just always seems like there's some sort of replacement plan in place for him. And so I think with them adding Quentin Johnston, that's just like another, you know, seems like they want to try to pass the ball and get him more incorporated. He can't keep just racking up these targets. I I think that we start seeing a pretty sharp decline for him over the next year or two. I'm not even sure how much longer he's with the Chargers. So he's a guy that I'm not super interested in acquiring. But if I'm a contender and I have him, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy to hold him. I just would I I I think he's probably a low end RB one this year is where I I would guess that he ends up finishing off like not quite. He's also been he's also scored a lot of touchdowns over the past couple yeah. of years, and I just don't know that that's always sustainable either. Yeah, I mean, touchdown regression could definitely bite him. Um, I feel pretty good that he's going to be an RB1 this year now that he's with the Chargers. I agree with you. I think they always do seem to want to rely on him less, and then they can't. Uh, but I think that they're still going to use him in like a, more of a bell cow role. I still think he's going to catch a ton of passes. So I, I like Eckler. I would, I try not to buy aging players in the off season. Um, but if I am a contender and I do need another running back, I think I, I would buy him cautiously with the idea that I'm probably going to get one more year. Cause I'm pretty sure he's only with the LA for one more year. And then, cause they were looking at exploring trading him this off season. I think they gave him like a one year, some sort of an extension on that. Uh, would not surprise me if he's gone by the end of this year. So I'm operating with a one-year window for him. But I think it's going to be a very good year still. It's just so hard to believe that a guy that's a little undersized will end up having a long shelf life, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a little easier to buy for a guy that's like Derrick Henry that's 240 pounds, and he's actually usually dishing out the punishment and not receiving it. Uh, Eckler doesn't really have that same luxury, sadly, at his size. Yeah. Uh, into the wide receivers, we've got three of them here. We'll start with Austin Eckler's teammate, Keenan Allen, who has been a PPR monster for years, battled some health issues a little bit, some injury issues. But uh, what are we doing with Keenan Allen this year? Yeah, sadly, I think this is the first year that I don't think he's a buy. I think they're going to try to get a little more perimeter-oriented. Um I believe I don't I don't want to say this for sure. We've talked about this on the show before. I don't know that the contract is tying him there for too much longer um, overall. So that is a bit of a concern. We see a few more of those slot guys kind of coming into the NFL now. So they, I think there is more of a chance of being replaced. Yeah, he has one more year after this year, but he has a potential out after this year as well, um, where the dead cap decreases significantly. So I I do think there's a decent chance that he's gone after this year. Where does he go after that? I don't know. It could kind of be the end for him. Um, So I think this is officially the first year where I just don't think he's a buy. Um, But I do think he'll perform well this year. I like, you know, 
pretty well. Mid wide receiver too. I just, I don't know that I feel good about him long-term. And so he would maybe be a deadline buy if I just need a wide receiver really bad and I can probably get him pretty cheap. That's the kind of deal that I would do for him. But he's not the kind of guy like in the off season where during rookie fever or whatever, you can get a little spicy and pick him up for cheaper than he should be. I, I don't, I don't think you can do that anymore with him. I think, I think those days are gone. Yeah. I think those days are gone because I think you can get him for really cheap. I, I don't think people are valuing him for what he's going to be able to do this year. I do view him similarly to Eckler and kind of similarly to you where it's like a one year thing. I, I could see him being gone next year. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about that is the health that they, the, the wide receivers in LA uh, the issues with that with, you know, Mike Williams has never really been able to stay healthy for a full year. Even that year that he had a, a good year, he still was banged up. Uh, so he's in kind of in the same boat as Austin Eckler, where I think they could end up relying, relying on him more than what they want to. So I do think Quentin Johnston is a little bit more raw where he's going to take a little bit more time to develop. I think he'll end up being a starter this year just because they have a thin wide receiver room. But I don't think he's the type of guy who's ready to be like a focal point of that offense. Yeah. I think it's still going to be Allen. But a deadline by a midseason feels like a good call with him. I think that whole offense is going to be super balanced this year. Yeah, I like can see just that. just all the targets and everything. I think will be pretty spread out. I don't know that any one guy, you know, Mike Williams doesn't dominate. <clears throat> Allen doesn't dominate. QJ gets his, but doesn't dominate. Eckler is same thing. I think touchdowns. And targets decrease a little bit, which are kind of the money numbers for him anyway. Yeah, I think I think a lot of I think that that kind of flattens out across the board a little bit for those guys, assuming again that most of them stay healthy, which we can never really assume with anybody on that roster. They right. build on an Indian burial ground or whatever there, the Chargers. Right. Uh, next wide receiver, Devontae Adams. He he's what 20, 28, 29 now, I believe. Um Getting up there in age, the Raiders offense, they have Jimmy G, a quarterback, but is he really going to be healthy? There was some the whole thing with his contract and a health loophole. Um, so what are we doing with Devontae Adams? I, You know I've been on record a bunch of times as saying that I think Devontae Adams is the guy that ages like uh, Fine Larry Fitz did. Yeah. I think that we can see a very similar shift for him where he becomes a little more slot oriented, but he's still kind of that wily veteran who doesn't really rely on speed and explosiveness in the first place and can extend his career another three to five years at a pretty good clip and, and, and maybe even extend it a little further at still above league average, but not necessarily a, a must have guy for fantasy. Um, I do wonder what happens with him in uh, with the Raiders, it sounds like he's not super happy about being there at the moment. Obviously, he signs with his BFF and then his BFF leaves. So um, <laughs> I guess that's that, that would be upsetting. So I don't know where he ends up, but I, I think that he can have that kind of late career renaissance. So honestly, I'm buying him at the same clip I would have been buying him two or three years ago. And I know he's not attached to Rodgers anymore, but I really don't care. We saw Larry Fitz make... Um, know chicken salad out of chicken doo-doo <laughs> uh of, for a long time toward the end of his career i just think he's the level of player that it doesn't matter and he's a qb's best friend because he's always open and he's super reliable from a hands perspective like he's going to be where the quarterback thinks he's going to be 
at the right time and he's not going to mess it up. Uh, so like any quarterback that he gets stuck with will really, really like him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he is a buy at this point. Uh, he, we, we talked about, you know, the, the type of veteran in the off season where you can get a little bit cheaper during rookie fever. I think he falls into that category. You know, I think he's a guy that, like you said, he's going to age like fine wine. The quarterback situation does concern me a little bit. If it's not Jimmy G, um, they, they drafted what Aiden O'Connell, I don't know what he's going to be. I don't know who else they have as a backup on that roster, but it's nobody noteworthy really. So if Jimmy G is not healthy, I am a little bit concerned, but like you said, he is a quarterback's best friend. He'll, the volume will be there. I think regardless it's are the touchdowns and is the efficiency going to follow or is he just to strictly be a volume guy? So it's a question I have with him, but uh, it's not enough to give me pause to not be buying him. Yeah, exactly. I I'm, I'm still a big fan. Very, very big fan. Uh, last wide receiver. We have Cooper cup who was on pace to be the wide receiver one last year until he got hurt. It was very early in the season, uh, but they, kind of shipped off everybody else in that wide receiver room. They don't really have anybody else there. It's Cooper Cup, it's Van Jefferson, it's Puka Nasua has been getting some some love. Uh, the running game, a little questionable. It's Cam Akers, but we've seen him do a disappearing act before. Stafford is still there. So do we? what are we doing with Cooper Cup right now? I still like Cup the player. But I think the the situation with the Rams has started to get a little concerning. How do you feel about Stafford? Because I think whether we want to say admit it or not, he's kind of tied to Stafford at the moment. If yeah. something happens to Stafford, I feel a lot less confident. And not that I think he's a bad player or anything, but I don't think that he's the same level of guy that Devonte Adams is that no matter who you put him with, he's like a star. I don't know that cup is quite that same. I think he can be serviceable still for a while and a, a pretty, a good fantasy option, but great. I, I don't know. I I'm hesitant to say that, but I do think if him and Stafford are together next year, he probably produces pretty big. You just got to pray that both make it through the season. I'm not that worried about cup getting, I'm more worried about Stafford getting injured. Like the cup thing last year was uh, a bit freaky. I'm, I'm not that worried about that. Yeah, I agree. I'm not worried about um, Cup. It is Stafford that I'm worried about. I mean, we we said at the beginning of last year we thought Stafford was probably a buy, and he looked good for a stretch, and then he did not. Uh, he was very up and down. I'm, I, I think Stafford could have gone into the aging vets quarterback category, even though I mean he's what like 32, 33-ish. So if he didn't have those injury concerns. I think he could play for another, you know, three to five years with the injury concerns, especially the back issues he's had. Career might be shortened a little bit. So I am a little concerned with that as well. I am not buying Cooper Cup right now. I think he kind of falls into that Keenan Allen territory for me, where he's ahead of Keenan Allen in terms of what I think he's going to do production wise this year, assuming Stafford's health. But I would probably look to buy him deadline or in the middle of the season if i if i am truly contending yeah fair enough fair enough uh last player on the list here is travis kelsey at tight end 
Uh, he is what 33, 34. Um, but tight ends have been playing for a while. You know, we get guys like Tony Gonzalez who play until they're like mid to late thirties. Antonio Gates was in that category. Jason Witten. So tight ends do have a long shelf life and Travis Kelsey is essentially the de facto wide receiver one for the chiefs. He was last year. He will be this year again, high powered offense. What are we doing with Travis Kelsey right now? If you have Travis Kelsey and your team has any shot at competing, you can't sell. You just cannot. I have a couple teams that I will just take him to the grave and that's pretty much it. And if I'm selling him, I'm still demanding a hefty amount because it's not, I just don't think that the end is, the end is not nigh. I think we have a couple years still. I, I really, really do. So if I'm selling, because my team's kind of hitting that point, I'm asking for quite a bit. And if I'm still competing, I don't think there's another tight end that I'm interested in over him still. No. At all. Nope. I get the he, Pitts argument, you know, he's however many, but like Kelsey's just the perfect situation and we know what he's going to do in that offense. And I think even if he gets to a point where he can't move quite as well, he's just so good at finding those soft spots that he could still probably go for like 65, 850 and eight just from getting to a spot and basically falling down. I, yep. I really, really think he can do that for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Jason Witten style at the end of his career. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kelsey's a buy, honestly. I think if, assuming it's not on a contender, if a contender has him, and honestly, the the, the team that has him is probably a contender um, because he was such a difference maker last year that, you know, he was he was kind of a league winner at the tight end position. So whoever has him probably is a contender. But if the on the off chance that they're not, and I am a contender, I'm looking to buy. I think the age perception on him I think people think he has like two years left where I think it could be closer to like three to five. Cause like you said, I do think the end of his career, he can still be a productive fantasy tight end. Even if he's not breaking off, you know, longer runs after the catch, he's not breaking tackles still. So maybe he won't be this Uber elite option that he is now and probably will be for like at least another year. Um, maybe even two, but I, I do think like five years still looking at, at his career, you know, Definitely at least three. So yeah. I'm looking to buy him. I think people are are maybe starting to write him off and and think he is in the twilight of his career when maybe he's not. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight. Be sure to check out the rest of the pods over in the Campus to Canton podcast feed after you listen to this one. Future freshmen should be in your feed. Uh, that also comes out on Fridays. We have Chasing the Natty coming out on Mondays, Campus Life on Tuesdays, Back to Devi on Wednesdays, Devi Debate on Thursdays, and I believe the official drops on Fridays, or I mean Saturdays. Is that right? The official? Yeah, the podcast version. Is that uh, on Saturdays? Yeah, Saturdays, I'm pretty sure. Saturdays okay. or Sundays, yeah. That's what I thought. Check out the official on there as well. That's our recruiting-centric podcast. They did a really good show last week. Uh on whether a player is a bust or not, which is, I think, really interesting to do as a freshman or incoming freshman. So definitely check out all of those podcasts on the feed. But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.